All right, everybody, welcome back to Nick's Sports Talk with your host, Nick Scortino. So this week on the third episode, we have a lot to discuss. We have, you know, Carson Wentz was just traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. signed a 14-year, $340 million contract with the Padres. Um, Spring training has officially started uh, for baseball. Um, Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell are both out with uh, – Injuries, lower body injuries. Um, then we have some soccer news regarding Champions League and some other news. So let's get started. So Trevor Lawrence um, had his pro day last week, and he just he had to push it up a few days early because he was scheduled to repair his labrum in his non throwing shoulder, and. He did very well, believe it or not, for uh, for a guy who hasn't played football or hasn't thrown a football in a uh, few weeks. But, I mean, obviously he's one of the best quarterbacks coming out of college right now, so I don't think he's going to have any rust. But he threw 52 passes, and a lot of them are very impressive. Um, he practiced in front of 17 different NFL teams, including the Jacksonville Jaguars, who own the first overall pick. But... I'm sure it's essentially locked in at this point. They're going to be taking taking him number number one overall. Which why wouldn't you? He's he he is a generational talent for the quarterback position right now in this uh, this year's draft. Um. So so the scouts were saying his red zone passes were played were placed perfectly, and his release is compact. So that means he gets the ball out quickly, which is a very good. Um, trait to have in today's NFL where you're uh, everybody's a lot faster so since everybody's a lot faster having a quick um, set and release really helps you out uh, in the long run and um, will really benefit your career um, so then Carson Wentz the poster boy for the Philadelphia Eagles has been traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick, which can turn into a first-rounder if he plays 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps. Now, yes, I figured the Colt, uh, uh, I figured the Eagles weren't going to get as much uh, that much. They weren't going to get a Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford type of package going on, but because they have drafted Jalen Hurts and towards the end of the season Jalen Hurts looked like he could be the quarterback of the future for the Eagles but still um Carson their the biggest problem with this Carson Wentz deal is now the Eagles are going to be taking a 33 million dollar plus cap hit on their uh on their um on the cap for the team and I don't think that I mean, nobody really wants that ever because if you need to sign free agents, which is what the Eagles need to do, having losing thirty three plus million dollars to do that is very bad. And you know, good for the Colts. I just don't understand how you know they they also have Jacoby Brissett. So I I'm assuming that it's either they're they're just going to battle it out for the uh, for the starting position, which I think will be uh, in quite interesting battle because you know. Carson Wentz did bring the Eagles to the playoffs in his uh, rookie year, but after that, it's been injuries, and he has not looked the same since then. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a very interesting situation with the uh, Colts to see what they decide to do. Um, 
but they took on a big contract and uh we'll see how that ends up panning out for them for who they decide to make the quarterback for the 2021 season so we'll be moving into the MLB now the Yankees have signed Justin Wilson and he was with the Yankees in 2015 and he went 5 and 0 with a 3.1 ERA in 75 appearances in 2015 last season he was 2 and 1 with 3. Point, with a 3.16 ERA in 19 and 2 thirds innings in 23 appearances for the Mets I like this signing because they they don't have a lot of uh, lefty options in the bullpen. They I think if I'm correct, it's only Zach Britton or maybe like one or two other guys. But it's always great to have some lefty help, and uh, he knows the organization, which is nice too. So it'll be it'll be cool to see uh, what he can bring to the table for them uh, come the start of the season. Um, the Yankees also made another uh, made two other signings. They ended up signing Robinson Chirinos, uh, the catcher, who I think they'll probably try to use as some help for Gary Sanchez to bring in a, a veteran catcher to really help him continue to develop because right now he's in that terrible slump. And I want to I wanna root for the guy, but Gary Sanchez has just been awful these last two years, and I'm... I'm hoping that he can he can get it together. It'll be very uh, it'll be very good if he can. If not, uh, then the Yankees will have to end up looking in another direction or hoping that uh, one of their young catchers in their farm system can uh, show some improvement in uh, some other skills and help them out in the future. Uh, Jay Bruce was also signed to a minor league contract with the Yankees to hopefully win an outfield spot, but I think he could be useful for the team if they throw him on the bench because, you know, some days Aaron Judge or somebody in the outfield is going to have to get rested, and he's not a bad option. Uh, he can hit the ball very well. We all know that. And, uh, he, you know, just another another guy in the team, another outfielder is never a bad, bad thing for the Yankees because – uh, the last few seasons, they've had very bad health problems with, you know, Judge, Stan, um, Hicks, and a few other outfielders getting hurt. So it'll be nice to have um, it'll be nice to have some more more help with in that department. Uh, then the Tampa Bay Rays and Red Sox and Marlins made a trade. The Tampa Bay Rays have traded John Curtis to the Miami Marlins for a minor league first base for the minor league first baseman Evan Edwards. The Rays then traded minor leaguers Ronaldo uh, Hernandez and Nick Sogard to the Red Sox for right-hand right-handed pitcher Chris Mazza and left-hand pitcher Jeffrey Jeffrey Springs and Cash. So that's that's just really a minor league um swap of a bunch of different players for uh, both teams so then here comes one of the cornerstone stories of the week is fernando tatis jr signs a 14 year 340 million dollar contract with the padres with a no trade clause and to be honest i don't really know how i feel about this i understand you want to lock up a superstar uh for the longevity of his career but 14 year, $340 million, making $24 million a season when you're already paying Manny Machado $30 million a season for the next um, eight years, I believe. And they're going to be stuck paying $30 million and $24 million a season for 22 years. 
to two guys. I understand. Don't get me wrong. Fernando Tatis is a fantastic shortstop, but the other thing is, you he has he's had one good season so far. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a he's got a very high ceiling at at the shortstop position, but I'm sure a lot of you know that towards the end of his career, Derek Jeter. Uh, age really caught up to him, and he wasn't really necessarily the same fielder or hitter at that uh, at that time uh, when he was in his uh, late thirties, early forties. And I just think that you know, a fourteen year deal locking him up for twenty four million is is not as bad as uh, it looks, but it's still a lot of money to commit to one guy when you when you're already paying another guy thirty million dollars a season, but. We'll see how it it ends up going. I I think it'll work out in the Padres' favor, but it's really going to depend then on if later later uh, throughout that contract, if they need to sign somebody else, having one guy make all that money is going to really screw them in the uh, free agent market because they can't, they won't be able to sign anybody because they won't have the money. So spring training has also officially started. Pitchers and catchers have. Um, shown up to their minor league, not the minor league, this uh, spring training facilities for uh, their teams and getting in, getting back into the baseball uh, feeling is quite nice. I'm very excited for all this to start uh, happening again because I love baseball. Baseball is one of those sports that you could just throw on at any point and, you know, watch it, have it on in the background and just listen to it. And it's great. I love baseball and it's going to be real nice to have, uh, have it back. So I'm very excited for spring training to start up. So D'Angelo Russell uh, had knee surgery today, or not today, um, earlier this week to remove a loose body in his knee and is set to miss four to six weeks. Um, it's a little bit tough for the uh, Timberwolves because uh Russell Russell's a very good point guard, and you know he'll, I'm sure he'll be missed. But um, this is now giving an opportunity for Anthony Edwards to uh, step up and really show why he was picked number one overall this year. So I think um, in that four to six week uh, six week time span, it'll really show. Uh, I think Anthony Edwards really shows some improvement to his game by uh, getting some more minutes, and I really think that'll help him out. Um, Anthony Davis is going to be reevaluated in 2 to 3 weeks after re injuring his his Achilles and an MRI showing that he has a strain in his ca- his calf uh, calf strain. Um so that's a tough loss to the Lakers because uh he's a fantastic defender and a great offensive piece for them, but right now LeBron is playing at an MVP caliber, so I'm not too worried about them, but you know, losing a guy like that is always tough because it's you know he, he Anthony Davis plays both sides of the ball so well, but I think the Lakers are going to take their time with this because an Achilles injury is one that you never uh, really want a player to deal with. But you know, looking back at what happened with Kevin Durant two years ago or a year ago with uh, his Achilles, they don't they don't want to take the risk of him playing in games and then hurting it to the point that it ruptures and then he has to get surgery and be out for an entire year. So I think they're taking the right steps with this now and reevaluating him in two to three weeks. And hopefully 
they'll take their time with it, and I think they will. So um, Rob Palenka, the GM of the Lakers, and Rich Paul of Clutch Sports have also voiced their reasons to take their time with Anthony Davis. And it, as I stated before, it makes sense to not rush him back into anything so he could re-aggravate it for a third, a third time. So they won't then lose him for a while, uh, even longer. Andre Drummond is currently being sat while the Cavs look for a trade a trade partner to trade for him. Uh, this is because the Cavs signed or traded for Jared Allen and they signed JaVale McGee in the offseason. So I th- the problem with this is um, well, JaVale McGee is a backup. Jared Allen is now the starting center and it, it stinks for Andre Drummond, but I, I understand that the Cavs are now going to look to try to get something back for him, which I think they can because he's, so far this season he's he's looked really good, and it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see who ends up trading for him. I believe the an interesting trade partner for them would be the Nets because the Nets do not have any big man help because uh, I think the tallest tallest guy they've got is uh, Jeff Green, who's currently try, uh, playing center. A few has played center for a few games and. I think if they can get uh if they can get Andre Drummond for uh something but the only other problem is is they don't really have a lot to give up so I think um it'll be very interesting to see who decides to trade for him. Um another guy who is also on the trading block is Blake Griffin cuz he's currently being sat while the Pistons work on a deal with him to keep him uh long term or they're going to decide to trade him. So uh, a decision is most likely going to come out in the next few days. So I will keep everybody posted on that. Then the final piece of NBA news is Draymond Green uh, had a lot to say about players being benched because of trades. And I think this is a a double-edged sword because, yes, the player wants to wants to play and show his worth to the team and teams that want to trade him, and I understand that. But... At the same time, you don't want these players that you're going to trade get hurt off of some uh, freak accident on the court that will uh, sideline them for a few weeks, and you can't. And then nobody will want to trade for them. So I get that it's not it's not right to bench the players, but at the same time, you want to protect your assets so you don't um, risk ruining any sort of trade option that you have uh, that could potentially brew and you know gain some ground in uh the next few days because if you ruin it then you're essentially stuck with him until he's healthy again which by then who knows if the uh if the because then if the trade deadline passes you can't trade him you gotta wait till the uh, off season to do so so <clears throat> i agree with some of draymond's comments and i don't so i just think that it'll be very interesting to see how the NBA handles this because he was being very outspoken towards uh, owners and I'm sure they might try to find him. They might not, uh, but it'll be, um, it'll be very interesting to see what exactly happens in the next few days with that. So the New Jersey devils moving on to hockey, the New Jersey devils um, have finally come back after two and a half weeks uh, to do the COVID uh, issues. They had, 19 people on the uh, COVID protocol list, which is never good. Um, so I'm excited for them to come back. Uh, they 
ended up playing the Rangers on Tuesday, and they beat them 5-2 in what I'll call an interesting game in the sense that the Devils came back from COVID protocols, had one practice after two, after two and a half weeks. But, you know, they looked good. It's just, it was, uh, you could tell at certain times that they were gassed. And, I mean, that's going to happen because with this virus, it, uh, you know, it really attacks your lungs a lot of the time too. So a lot of these players are going to be trying to build their lung capacity back up. But they looked good. They looked good. They looked good. They really did. Um it was just, uh, you know, for two periods in that game, the first two periods, it was just bad hockey all around by both teams. They did, they both did not look that great. It was just a lot of back and forth, a lot of turnovers, and really no gen- no generation of uh, offense in, uh, for either team until, like, the end of the second period into the third. So, but it'll be very, uh, it'll be very nice to see what the devil, uh, how the Devils bounce back from uh in this season after being away for two and a half weeks so the one team in the nhl that's currently having issues is the dallas stars because they're they have are dealing with freezing temperatures and terrible weather in texas and have had to postpone a lot of games because teams can't travel to them and they can't travel as well due to the uh freezing temperatures and the snow and all the other things that have been happening so it's it sucks you know you, you never want that to happen but this is a weird season in the NHL, so I'm sure the Dallas Stars will end up uh, post. Uh, they, I mean, they'll end up making up the postponed games. So, um, hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. So they're all prepared, and hopefully the players are staying, uh, staying healthy, so they are really prepared for uh, the long and tedious road that they got ahead of them when they're going to be playing a lot of back-to-back games. Um, the Ottawa Senators also made a, made a trade. They acquired Ryan, uh, I'm going to probably butcher this last name, but uh, Zingle for Alex Golchenyuk and Cedric pa- Paquette. So I don't know a lot about those two guys, go- those three guys, but um I'm sure it was uh I'm we'll see how that move ends up panning out though for the Senators and um so <clears throat> this is where I'm going to get a little bit angry because right now uh Barcelona is in complete disarray. Uh they got smacked around by PSG and lost 4-1. Uh, a lot of players on the offense were god-awful, like Usman Dembele, who missed a great opportunity to score, and I just, it's tough. I, and then to top that all off, this is, this is really getting, getting me going. Marilyn Pjanic is unhappy at Barcelona, and most of my friends know I do not like this man because he is 30 years old and Barca had no right tra- uh, essentially trading for a 30-year-old center midfielder because they traded the Brazilian center midfielder Artur to Juventus for him. Um, so far, Pjanic has started in 11 games and been a sub for 10 of them. He has zero goals and zero assists. And his quote was, I don't have the exact reason for why I'm not getting the playing time expected. I have to respect the decisions of the coach, although I do not agree. 
I want to make my mark on this club. You can't make your mark if you have zero goals and zero assists and you've started 11 games and been a sub for 10 of them. You can't expect to play when you're playing like garbage. If you, if you look at some of the other midfielders that Barcelona has, Frankie de Jong, 32 games, 6 goals, and 4 assists. He's been playing fantastic these last these last two months. Like, you don't... He's not going to get benched. Ricky Puig, who is an academy player that they brought up last year who was very promising, he's played in 10 games. He has one goal, and more recently, he's created some beautiful chances uh, in open play for them. And, you know, you want him to continue to develop, so you're going to obviously play him. Um, then you have... Uh, Pedri, who they signed this summer, he's played in 31 games with three goals and four assists. He is also, like Ricky Puig, have, has been looking fantastic in the midfield, making some, also making great passes and open play and setting up some really good chances for Barcelona. You're not going to bench these guys for a 30-year-old who has that attitude and doesn't, doesn't care about anything else but himself. I understand he says he wants to make his mark at this make a mark at this club but you're not gonna make a mark if you have that attitude towards the coach and you are playing awful so that's just how that goes um moving on we'll uh we're gonna cover the uh the champions league matches that have happened um liverpool ended up beating uh red bull leipzig two nothing juventus fell to porto two one dortmund beat sevilla three two and so now I'll give my uh, predictions for the next uh, round of Champions League games that are happening uh, this upcoming uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So I believe Athletic, it's Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea, and I think Atletico is going to win 4-1 because they're playing fantastic football in the current moment in La Liga and all the other competitions that they're a part of. And there's a reason why they're the best team in La Liga because they are just unstoppable and goal scoring machines on that team. So I and I don't think Chelsea has not been playing that great, but we'll see if Thomas Tuchel, their new manager, can uh, have any sort of impact on the outcome of this game. But I think that Atletico will end up winning four one in the first leg. Um, Bayern Munich will be playing Lazio, and I mean Bayern Munich is the best team in Europe right now, without a doubt. They've they have checked all the boxes for being one of the most complete teams, and I think that they'll end up beating Lazio four nothing in the first leg because they are absolute goal scoring machines with <clears throat> uh, Lewandowski, Nabry, um, Kingsley Coman, Thomas Muller, all these guys. So I think that they'll end up winning, uh, beating Lazio pretty easily. But you never know in Champions League. But that's just what I think. Um, Real Madrid is playing. Uh, Atlanta, and I think Real Madrid will win 3-2. I think um, <clears throat> Real Madrid is is a good team, but they also have their flaws, and that's been shown throughout this uh, season so far, like Barcelona. And I think that I think it'll end up being a closer game than we think. I could be wrong, considering the fact that Atlanta sold their best player, uh, Alejandro Gomez, to Sevilla uh, in January. So We'll see how uh, it goes, but I still think Real Madrid will end up winning. Uh, the final game of next week is Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Manchester City, and Manchester City has won 17 games in a row, and they're coming in being the hotter team, and I think that Manchester City will end up winning 3-0. Um, finally, we have some 
news of players on the move in uh, Europe, both regarding Bayern. So Diat Upamecano has agreed to sign for Bayern Munich for 42 million euros. And I think this is a great signing for Bayern because um, they can use all the all the help they can get at the center back position. And Upamecano is a great up-and-coming young center back. So I believe that he'll end up really helping the team uh, when he arrives in the summer. So it'll be uh, very good to see him in a, uh, in New Jersey and in, uh, in Bayern Munich. So then the final piece of news we have for the day is David Alba has announced that he's leaving Bayern Munich after 13 years. Um, I think this is where the Open Mancano signing comes in handy because Bayern is losing one of their uh, defensive pieces in David Alaba. But I think that Alaba is most likely heading to Real Madrid because there's been a lot of rumors saying that uh, that's where he wants to go. And if he does go there, I think he'll he'll really help out uh, Real Madrid because they're still trying to figure out what's going to happen with Sergio Ramos. So if they end up signing him, it's great to have a replacement right on in hand if Sergio Ramos decides to leave and go somewhere else. So thank you for listening. That has been another episode of Nick's Sports Talk. So... Have a good night, everybody.